Our first reading is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. And then our second reading is in John. And it's in the same, for those of you that weren't here this morning, it's in the middle of a text that we looked at together at faith this morning. And I'm not going to take the time to explain it all, but it's, it's in the middle of Jesus' healing of uh, the royal official's son who was sick even unto death, and Jesus healed him. So we're going to bring these two passages together. First of all, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And then jumping into the New Testament, and again, these, these two verses in the middle of this larger episode, this second miracle John records in his book. John four forty six and 47. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. So two different texts we're considering tonight. The one in the Old Testament is part of the very first scripture text I preached here at Faith CRC. That was back on Mother's Day in 2002, and that's when I was in Derek Bukema's position. For those of you that are guests, Derek Bukema is a candidate for the ministry in the Christian Reformed Church, and we hope this week to call him to be our pastor of congregational life. So that's when I was back in this time of considering different calls and trying to decide where God wanted me and Sarah and two-year-old little Olivia to go. Those verses in Deuteronomy 6, they're about passing the faith down to the next generations. Impress them on your children. Talk about them at home, on the road, when you go to sleep, when you get up. Our verse in John, a little nugget taken out of our scripture text this morning, it reminds us of the urgency of this task, the urgency of passing down the faith. We focused this morning in John 4 on how it tells us to take Jesus at his word. But among many other things God might teach us from those verses, I believe, is the urgency of teaching our children the faith. Because here we have a son who was sick even unto death, as an older translation might put it. He was going to die. 
Here, Jesus steps in and saves the child, but it's not always the father's plan that children are saved from death. We're reminded in this story of one of the most difficult things in life that sometimes a son or a daughter is called home before a parent. And whenever that happens, we say something like, you know, it's just not right. And it isn't right for a parent to have to bury a child. It's supposed to be the other way around. And yet, the very first death in this world, the Bible tells us about, was the death of a son and not a father first. It's not how it should be, but it can be that way. I think of, of, of Brendan, the seven-year-old grandson of Jerry Weeringa, and the recent health scare there. Thankfully, he's doing well, but he continues to need our, our prayers. One thing that strikes me in my ministry is visiting little Izzy David in the hospital a few years ago after she was experiencing seizures. She must have been three or four seizures or something like that. And she was laying there looking very, very small, all kinds of wires on her head, totally out of it, very, very scary. I'm reminded of a time of going to the hospital at the death of a baby and visiting with the family. Whether it's little children or adult children, Children die before their parents sometime in this world. This is a reality that this text reminds us of. And and thinking of this Deuteronomy 6 passage, I believe we need to be reminded of the urgency of our calling as God's people to pass down the faith, to do everything in our power to raise up our children in Jesus because we do not know how much time we have. Life can change for you or for a loved one overnight. It can change in seconds. I'm not here tonight to make you worried or to be morbid, but I'm saying this because this is the reality in our sin-infested world. We need to be prepared for whatever may come. The Deuteronomy text among many other places in the Bible, shows us that our homes are to be the centers of a spiritual life. And that's one of the points I'm fairly sure I made on Mother's Day in 2002. As much as the church and the Christian school and youth group and so on are there to help, they are secondary to what God calls us to have happening in our homes, led by our fathers and mothers. Do we pass down the faith to our kids at home when we're out and about? Be deliberate. Be intentional. You don't know how long you have together. You really don't. I'm not talking about preaching to them, but I'm talking about us as God's people deliberately teaching and instructing with devotions, Bible readings, prayers, and beyond. As a family, we recently found a spot to fish only about 15 minutes away. Uh, My oldest, Olivia, fishes. Hannah, who's 10, fishes. And now Sophia, who's 6. She got her first fishing pole for her birthday last year when she was 5. 
and just really loves to fish. We found this little place tucked away. I'm not going to tell you where it is. We went there a couple Friday evenings ago. It was beautiful. We were out in nature. And again, I don't think we're called to preach to our kids, though as parents, I'm sure we do, and our kids remind us of that when we do. But, you know, in situations like that, we remind our kids who created those birds and the trees and the water and those beautiful fish, don't we? Don't we do that? And, and in day-to-day living, we ground them whenever we can in the sovereignty of our God over creation, yeah, and his sovereign reign over our lives with their ups and downs. And, and through it all, we can share with them how God is faithful and is caring for us. And we share with them what a friend we have in Jesus and how God's love is shown, especially in Jesus and in his work on the cross and how we're called to give Jesus our hearts. Maybe you're a, a, a parent or a grandparent or an uncle or an aunt or a great uncle or an aunt or someone who has an opportunity to have an influence on a child in some other way and, 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 and God's reminding you tonight of the urgency of passing down the faith tonight because we truly don't know the future. Tomorrow, your loved one could be sick, even unto death. The urgency of the task to pass down the faith also reminds us of how important this work is to our ministry as a church as churches. I know multiple churches are represented here tonight, and I think for us at Faith of Vacation Bible School starting tomorrow, and this opportunity for our kids and our kids in the community, don't underestimate how important this is to to our kids, to the kids of this church who are growing up in the faith. Four days in a row, a different experience from school or Sunday school or anything else. This is a unique opportunity to hear about Jesus. And in case you wondered, that is what Vacation Bible School is about at Faith Church. There is fun, there are games, but we are very deliberate about bringing children to Jesus. This is not just a sports camp or a fun camp. We're not here to babysit kids. This is vacation Bible school, and there's a reason we've gone back to that model as a church, because we want it to be about passing down the faith, teaching the faith. This is the core of the mission of the church. There are side door ministries and so forth that we can be about, that we should be about, ways to build relationships with others and connect with others, yes, but we also keep the main thing the main thing, and that is sharing the faith. And we do that beyond our own kids, to our neighbors, to our community. I wonder how many of us here at Faith Church have invited a family, invited some kids to VBS this year. It's hard for me to imagine a neighborhood that wouldn't have a family to invite. But we're so hesitant and scared sometimes. What's the worst thing that's going to happen to us if we extend an invitation for a family to hear about Jesus? Do you risk beheading? Do you risk being sent to prison? The very worst 
thing that is going to happen to you as a Christian is that they will say no to your face. I hardly think anyone would even do that. The worst thing probably that will happen is they'll say, I'll think about it. How many invitations have we made beyond the walls of our church? Another way to ask that question is how urgent is our task? How urgent is it? Think of VBS. I also think, as I was preparing these words, I think of Joy Hoving, who's our Sunday school superintendent. She was in church almost this whole past week preparing for next year's Sunday school curriculum. Did you know that under her leadership and with our team of teachers, we have our very own in-house five-year curriculum of systematically going through every major story in the Bible with our kids from first through sixth grade? It's amazing. We don't mess around. We can't afford to as a church and as God's people. The job we have to do is urgent. I think of our youth director, Bryce, who met with the elders this past Monday. He wasn't in trouble. He was sharing about his work in his ministry, his work in children's ministry, heading up VBS this year for the first time, his ministry to our middle school kids, our high schoolers, our young adults, small groups. We care enough about our children and young people and this job of passing down the faith to the extent that we have a full-time staff position dedicated to it. Pray for Bryce. Would you support him, help him? He has an important, even urgent job. Maybe not in the world's eyes, but in God's eyes. And therefore, it's important in our eyes too. I think of what I see happening at GEMS, our girls' club. I'm especially there for opening worship. There's always a Bible lesson. These girls, these sweet little girls are eating up every word Sarah says. And the words are about Jesus. She's teaching them about Jesus. I think of our support of ministries to children in Honduras and Mexico. I think of children's church, nurseries, shoebox ministry. Two weeks ago, I had a a lunch with a church member who was on our cadet father-son campout, which I think was three or four weeks ago. And you know what he told me about? He told me about Lambert Bronger and his leadership of cadets and how on those campouts, he tells those boys about Jesus and how to live for him. He tells it like it is. He tells them what they need to hear. It brought tears to my eyes. Passing down the faith to the next generation. It ain't ain't the flashiest of jobs. It doesn't come with all kinds of external rewards, but it's a precious, precious thing that God calls us to. And it's urgent. We don't know how much time we have. So let's make use of our time. May you be empowered through the Spirit to pass down the faith to the children that may be in your life. May our church do an amazing job passing down the faith to the next generation. May God continue to provide the volunteers and the resources here at Faith to teach the children. May God bless the work of our hands. May we keep the balance of sensing the urgency of the work, but also 
resting and trusting in the grace of God and knowing that while we plant the seeds, he brings the increase. May the faith be planted and nurtured and may it blossom in the generations after us, all for God's glory. Amen.